Good morning. I'm Mary, and you're listening to Lifestyle Tucson, a program where I speak with nonprofit groups and organizations finding out how they serve our community and getting updates on current projects. For today's show, I am speaking with the Orencia Guadalupana Lab School. I am speaking with... My name's Dr. Ernestina Fuentes, and uh, January 1st, I'll be CEO of our organization. I'm moving from executive director and bringing in new blood. Mm-hmm. So I'll be doing like marketing and development mostly. Okay. And so what is the name of uh, your organization? Uh, our organization is called Herencia Guadalupana Lab Schools. Uh, the, the name has a lot of meaning. Uh, Herencia means the heritage of Guadalupana, who is uh, the Blessed Mother who appeared in Mexico. But the reason she appeared was that the people were so downtrodden and hurt and abused. And um, she brought a message that said, you have dignity, you're a child of God, live in justice and mercy. So when we see our children living in poverty, abused, hurt, we we say the same message to them and their families. And then it's a lab school because it's constantly evolving through research, through practice, through best practices. So we're always improving the model. Could I hear a little bit of your own history in, in education and kind of what got you involved uh, with this school? Well, I'm here because I am one of those children. I came as an immigrant family with my mom on a Greyhound bus with my mm-hmm. brother who was a couple years older, and we went to, to Watts in California. I was three. From there, just through the, the values and the structure and, and the hopes and dreams of my family, um, I went to Harvard. Oh, wow. And from, from Sunnyside High School uh, to Harvard was exciting, difficult, and certainly growth-producing. So when I finished, I wanted to come home. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come home to let other people, other children know they had the path, any path they wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I've been a teacher since... I've been in education since 1971, and I've had all the roles. I've been a preschool teacher. I've been a regular elementary teacher. I've taught college. I've been an assistant superintendent. I've been a training instructor. I've worked in Head Start's training migrant uh, teachers. Just a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so, but this is is home, and this is where my love is. So we started about eight years ago, and we've now uh, evolved the model to three, four, and five-year-olds. Okay. And it's in a beautiful school, beautiful situation, and we've developed um, a very important model. And the reason I came home is because um, all children are a gift. They have immense human potential. So early childhood education isn't just education. Mm -hmm. It's the key to releasing human potential to make the world a better place. Mm -hmm. If we did that, uh, we wouldn't have the shooters. We wouldn't have welfare we wouldn't have all the special ed. We wouldn't have the horrific things in our society. So when we talk about early childhood education, it's life-changing for families, for our community, for our world. And an economist, his name is James Heckman, he went from being a Nobel Prize economist to an advocate for early childhood education because he says, we're never going to change our world and we, until we stop losing the best resource we mm-hmm. have, which is children. Mm-hmm. And nobody thinks of it that way. They think, oh, let's do early childhood education because it's good for children. It is, but it's what's going to change our world. So we see our children, though they've been hurt, they've been in foster homes, they live in poverty, they've been abused, they've been abandoned. They're overcoming those things, and that's what happened to me. We overcame the immigrant status, the poverty status. 
to get to Harvard. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are those skills, and those skills are very clear. And that's what I would hope our parents and our society know. If they persevere, they're resilient. Mm -hmm. If they're always goal-focused, and if they regulate themselves, their mind, their heart, and their body, those are the four executive skills that will bring them to a new life, Mm -hmm. new hope. And not only for them, but their children, their children's children. So you're impacting one child, but you're impacting generations. And so we're excited because we see amazing things. Our children go from our preschool into public schools, and they change the system. How? They have to be put in a kinder first because they're so smart. Or they're put directly into first grade. Or they're given a specialized program. So these children who would walk into a school, and because they're poor or they're minority or they're foster children... The first impression is these poor little kids. They don't know what they're doing. But not ours. Mm-hmm. Ours go in as leaders. And so we're excited to let the community know, the parents know. You know, if you want a different life for your child and your children's children, now put them in a quality place. And they will change your family. And they will change the world. My boys, I have four boys in their 40s and their 50s. And... So from my immigrant status to them, they're all professionals. They're engineers. They're financial analysts. They're professors. By changing my life the way my parents did with these skills, my children now are incredible young Mm -hmm. people. Not young anymore, but anyway, Mm -hmm. yes. And their children are incredible. So it's it's that thread Mm -hmm. if you plan it. So I'd like to hear a bit more about this. Uh, the approach you take in this early childhood education. Tell me a bit more about the education itself and what the kids are receiving. Mm -hmm. So I I would hope people would listen to these pieces because you can do this as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do this as as an organization in other ways that work with children. So we have uh, three, four main pieces. One of them, values. So we incorporate values uh, into, our, into our children, and we center it around our motto. We will nurture brilliant thinkers, global leaders, and caring citizens. So see, you have all the elements. You don't want people educated to a high power level and be horrible people. So our core values are dignity, justice, and mercy. And so we do everything to operationalize. That's not a theory. For instance, um, we had a, a teacher that was a sub, and I was showing the children for Advent that they we do the little prayers, and then I would give them an M&M, and they would melt in their mouth. And I said, when you taste the chocolate, well, that's the joy of Jesus, right? And so the, the, the little boy came to me the day after the, the sub had been there and said, we Mrs. So and so was didn't have mercy, and I said, "What do you mean you didn't have mercy?" She says, "Well, we were bad, and she didn't give us the love of Jesus, the joy of Jesus." And I said, "Oh my gosh, he internalized mercy. We operationalized the values mm-hmm. so that they live them right." With the core values, we go on to um, the cognitive part. So, our children are looked at as what we call in Spanish pobrecitos, which is those poor little kids. They've suffered, you know, they, they have such a hard life. We need to help them. Mm-hmm. No, we don't. What we need to do is encourage them to be the best they can be. They don't need helpers. They need coaches. They need facilitators. And so one of the things we do 
is we don't have them remember, recall, understand. Those are the lowest levels of thinking you could provide for children because you're saying to children, this is the level that I believe you're capable of. So we do Bloom's taxonomy of higher level skills. So we have them evaluate a lot. We have them uh, create. We have them apply. We have them analyze. So we set up centers and activities around the room which they choose. And when they're working them, they have to be thinking on mm-hmm. those levels, not just comparing. For instance, color. So, oh, this is a red. This is the apple's red. Today is red. What do you wear? No, that is so low level. So for our children, we examine the color wheel, we examine the prism, we examine the rainbow and the connections, we examine the emotions in color, we examine the culture of color. And so do you see how the thinking then explodes instead of just identifying colors? And so that's the second part, the values and high cognitive development. Mm -hmm. And then the last part is the executive skills. We've actually transferred these powerful skills, which you have, which I have, which anybody who has any kind of a successful life has to have. So their persistence, we don't let them stop anything Mm -hmm. they start. We don't care what it is, whether you're putting on your jacket or you're drawing a picture or you're pedaling a bike. If you don't succeed to get to the end, you just have to keep going. And we, we encourage them. We're their cheerleaders. We give them advice how to complete things, but we make them complete things. And so they do. And they, so that's perseverance. Resilience is if you have a failure, you get up. Failures are opportunities. So they fall off the bike, they're crying, they say, well, get up, get back on it, are you okay? Let's go. You know, that's a physical example. Uh, the other one is uh, one little boy was trying to open his, his little pretzel bag, and he goes, uh, and he hands it to me, right? I said, oh, no, you open it. And he starts crying, he gets upset. I said, do you want some help? And he looks at me and I said, you can tear it, you can bite it, you can cut it, you can have a friend help you. So those are your options, but I'm not helping you. And he was mad. And so he started tucking and twisting and pulling and biting and it came open. And he goes, oh, I did it. Mm-hmm. And we celebrated, right, his success. So that means when you fail, you just keep going. The other one is goal focus. So. They have to plan. They have to always think about what they're doing and how they're going to do it and then go back and evaluate it. So let's say an example of drawing pictures. This happens all the time. Little kids do scribbly old things on the paper and they come up and you go, oh, how beautiful. That's so nice when it's nothing, right? So if they know that they have to think about what they're going to draw when they sit down, figure out a place that it takes them to the beach, to the mountains, whatever it is they decide. And then you have to put five things in it and you have to put five colors. And it has to be all over. We don't want to see any white on the paper. So they bring it to us with two colors, with hardly anything. They don't know what it is. You say, okay, try it again. And they get mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, don't we all, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the things we create when they plan, then they bring it to us and we evaluate it. Let's see, do you have everything? Do you have the five? Do you have the five colors? Where is the place? Is it full? Let's see. Let's display it. Give me a name for this. It's planning that way. It's planning their food. It's planning their clothing. It's planning where they're going to go for the day. So planning is so important, as mm-hmm. you and I know, for anyone who's going to be successful. And the last one is powerful. And this is what is the hardest for our teachers. We lose a lot of teachers with this because they want to do things for children. Mm-hmm. They want to be in control. They want to tell them what to do. They want to discipline them. Mm-mm. Our kids have learned a structure to discipline themselves. And that is 
you regulate what you do, so you make choices. And we don't have schedules, but we have processes. And so the teachers want to say, okay, you go here, and you can only be there a little while and so forth, and you move around like, you know, like they're animals. Mm-hmm. So the children can be at their activity for whatever length of time they want and when they finish. What happens is when new people, new children come in, they come and complain to us. They said, he's not sharing. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, sharing means you want to have what he has, and you can't. When he finishes, he has all the time. But when he finishes, you will have all the time. So do you see the mindset is Mm -hmm. different? It really, we have to break down the common educational structures for these children that are vulnerable, for all children, I think. But if you don't do it for the children that are vulnerable, they're going to fail. So it's always being in control. The most important part is solving problems. So we have a process. If a child is violated in some way, verbally, physically, they come to the teacher they relate the situation. The teacher's ab- supposed to absolutely stop and pay it. I, I don't care if she's teaching, she's doing anything. If a child comes with a complaint, she needs to address it immediately because otherwise that child's not going to be mm-hmm. safe, right? And so then once that happens, the teacher asks for them to bring the perpetrator over, which is a real interesting process. And so the other person comes with their head down, knowing that, you know, whatever. And so then the child who is the victim becomes the power. Mm-hmm. And sh- and you ask them, what do you feel? What do you want? What happened? What should have happened? What needs to happen next time? And they're addressing this person who keeps their head down usually until I say, uh-uh, eye to eye, use names. And then the person who was the perpetrator gets the opportunity to say, this is what happened. This is what I think. This is what I feel. And then they work it out. We mm-hmm. give them words. We give them processes. But the key is that at the end, the person who was violated decides the consequence of the person who did the work, mm. did, who did the violation. And the other day, I almost just fell apart because of the process. This little girl who had been slapped, by the way, mm. by another little girl, I said to her, what do you want to happen? Do you want her to leave you alone? Do you want her to go to another center? Do you want her to have some time to just read and be by herself so she doesn't bother people? What do you want? And she said, this is a three-year-old who has learned the process, said, I want her to be my friend all day and stay with me and take care of me. And I'm like, the sense of forgiveness mm-hmm. and the awesome option. You know, this little girl slapped me, but now I want her to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And the little girl with her eyes were this big, she said, you want me to take care of you? And she goes, yes. I said, well, that's your job today. Go take care of her. Do you see that? Who would have yeah. done that? And so this problem-solving structure is amazing. It keeps order. It keeps structure, but at their way mm-hmm. and their perception. And they will learn to problem-solve for their whole lives. Mm-hmm. So those are the executive skills that then permeate what we do. So it's values. It's high cognitive learning. And it's the executive skills. That's called our social justice model. Mm-hmm. That's Dr. Ernestina Fuentes from the Herencia Guadalupana Lab School. You are listening to Lifestyle Tucson, and I am Mary. You said you've been in, in operation for eight years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how many students do you have on average? How do you structure the year, I guess, as well? Do you oh, do okay. quarters, semesters? Are you a full year? How does that? Yeah, good question. It's a full year, mm-hmm. and it's a difficult thing because we only take children who will be there for the school part. The school part is... 8.30 to 3. So mm-hmm. we tell the parents, we don't take children unless they're committed 
to have them educated. We're not a child care center, mm-hmm. though we do provide child care before and after because our working parents need it. But our focus this preschool, it's all year round. Um, and the time is 6.30 to 5.30. And so what we do from 8.30 to 3 is the whole structure of in the morning. Uh, they have a lot of choices in the things that are there. Then they have a prayer time at 9. They have an outdoor time at 10. They have a lot of uh, come back and explore the, the centers. And they also have we also have one-to-one, one-to-two, one-to-three uh, small group work in which we actually address like 37 skills. We address anything we see they need, whether it be social, whether it be cognitive. So we have exploration, discovery, and creating. And we also have skill bases that we do, but in a very hands-on mm-hmm. thing. We, you know, we, we do experiments. We do all sorts of hands-on things, very little paperwork. Mm-hmm. So that's what the day looks like. Primarily, it's a lab. So we're, they're exploring most of the time. And then we're inputting as adults with vocabulary, with problem solving, with expanding their ideas. For instance, the other day, um, they they were in the art area and they found the tissue paper and they cut it in different sizes and started blowing it out of their hands so it would fly, right? And I said, oh my gosh, okay. Would you get a big one and see if it flies? Would you get a long one, see if that flies? So they started experimenting and they like six of them got into it and I said, would you like to make airplanes to fly? And so you see, like, I saw their interest. I saw the excitement. And then we kept elevating. You call mm-hmm. it scaffolding to another level, to another level, till the learning becomes amazing. And so they learned how to make planes. They learned how to fix them so they wouldn't fall. They learned, you know, all the problem solving with it. And they had a lot of fun and they cooperated. So that's kind of what it looks like in terms of the mm-hmm. school. And the number of children, we've had up to 82. Oh, wow. But we chose not to go there. At that point, we were infant to 12-year-olds. Our concern was that the quality of the 3, 4, and 5, which is a pivotal time for learning, was being diluted, trying mm-hmm. to provide a wraparound service. At some point in the next two years, we'll contract people to come in and give those services, not ourselves. Uh, but we want to focus on 3, 4, and 5. So... When the pandemic came, we went down to five mm-hmm. <laughs> children. And then when it came back, we went up to about 56. And then in July 1st of this year, we chose to totally just focus on three, four, and fives, which is why I'm here to try to recruit more children. So right now we have about 20 children. Our goal is by January 1st to have about 40 children. And then our capacity by April is to have 60 children. How many educators do you have working uh, each day typically? That's what's wonderful. Our, it's very expensive, but mm-hmm. we're, we have to balance out financial with quality, which is always an issue in early childhood. But we've chosen to take the leap, and I will go out and, and search out development from business people and organizations and grants so that we can keep it at now. Our ratio is one to seven, which means if we have, 14 children will have two or three teachers Mm -hmm. there. So with 20, right now, we actually have four teachers. And the other structure that's unique, which is the most, you know, I've been in it for 50 years, and I am so excited about this this structure. Uh, It came from Ms. Stoltz, who's our director. She's a creative, incredible person. She also came from a tough childhood and then went on to get her master's at uh, USC. And so she came to join us. Mm-hmm. The, the structure is this. We have one classroom with three rooms. 
One room is a social studies literacy room, which is full. Right now you'll see it. It looks like you walk into fall. It's on the roof. It's on the floor. It's on the pumpkins all over. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Corn stalks, um, field trips every six weeks to follow up on our content. And then um, we have three pods. We have a, an art lab. We have a science and math room. And we have a social studies and literacy room. That's three classrooms, one a pod. Mm -hmm. And so we'll duplicate that in April to have two of them, and that'll give us the 60 children. Okay. So where is the school physically located? It's on 6740 South Santa Clara. So it's just a little west of Valencia and 12th, and it's just one block off of Interstate 19 on the way to Nogales off of Valencia. So it's really close. We're really excited because we just got a family that's not in the neighborhood at all. They're from Oro Valley, and the parents work downtown, and they chose our school because of the quality. And so they come all the way from Oro Valley. Mm -hmm. They bring their children. They drop them off right off the freeway, and then they go back to work downtown. So we hope that we'll get more families that are looking at that kind of quality. Mm-hmm. Is there an application process to enrolling your child, or what's that look like? Yes. Well, we have different uh, different approaches. You can just text me. We, we've just now uh, hired a social media person the first time in eight years, so we hope to make that go well. Uh, you can go on the uh, website. It's uh, hgls slash com, and it, uh, it will have all the information there to either call me. The best thing to do is to text me, mm-hmm. and then I will call you right away, probably within an hour or so, and we start the enrollment process. And there are scholarships. That's what I really want people to know. Whether they have income or not, there are scholarships. And it's a very high level. It's from first things first because we're a quality first school. And so they've given us scholarships, and now the – the restrictions on scholarships are open, and they're going to get a lot more in November. So we want to start signing people up for scholarships. The other thing is just self-pay. Mm-hmm. And and I think the qualifying eligibility income-wise is pretty high, so I think many families will qualify. But if you don't, it's self-pay. And then we also have DES that pays for children whose parents are low-income and are working. And so we have that. And yes, there is a, an application for scholarships. There's an application for the school. And there's also like a, like a questionnaire so we get to learn a lot about mm-hmm. your child before you bring them. And that process starts by calling. Mm-hmm. And you can visit the Facebook is Guadalupana. And you'll be able to see just how beautiful it is there. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of wonderful postings. Before we wrap up, I would like to hear about some of the accomplishments you've had uh, in your school in the eight years that you've been oh, in function. Wonderful. Uh, it's amazing. Um, we started out with myself and two students, and then we did grow to 82. And during that time, uh, we were a member of the Tucson Chamber of Commerce. We got we were a finalist for the Cactus Awards there. Uh, we had There's a leadership council here in Tucson, so I was given the award of top nonprofit in Tucson. And then we've gotten amazing grants from the Community Foundation of Southern Arizona. We've gotten uh, a lot of the pandemic grants. Mm-hmm. We've gotten, we have a wonderful relation with Tohono Odom and with Pasquayaki. They like bought our van. So we've had a lot of recognition from the community. Mm-hmm. So that's been exciting. Plus, 
the the accomplishments with children we have now at the end of this eighth year we've sent about 300 children into public schools i was at a football game at tucson high and three little boys that were like they're eight now who had been two three and four year olds Mm -hmm. with me came up and hugged me and talked to me all about their doing and what they're going to school where they're playing football what they're doing it's just it was this amazing thing to see that that they Mm -hmm. had blossomed into these incredible young people and in the process too we've we've done some other things that have been amazing to me is that we bring in internships from high schools and so we've had high school people come in and decide to become teachers Mm -hmm. and so we pay them it's a it's a paid internship we also take people who usually can't get jobs in that they don't have the english language and they develop the english language they've worked with us and then they've gone on to amazing jobs because most of them have their degrees but didn't have the English mm-hmm. to go forward. We're also like a pipeline for developing our community from the youth to the limited employed mm-hmm. people. So that's a piece that to me is, is a wonderful situation. I just had a lady that worked for us for two years. She learned her English. She was already a teacher in Mexico, and she was hired by the immigration and got like double her salary and all sorts of benefits and got the whole future for her life set up in the system. So I see that. And then our children who go in and change the curriculum. Mm -hmm. We haven't set up, and we want to do that data in terms of their cognitive growth. Mm -hmm. We've just got anecdotal, but now as we hit the 10-year we do want to bring someone in to begin to help us with data of like the cognitive growth for children. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, those are our accomplishments. So what do you really want people to take away from our conversation today? The point you want to make most about your school and this system? Well, I want you to think about bringing your children. Okay, at whatever. If you want your children to, to grow up to be these incredible young people, it happens now. Do it now. But the other thing is... I want the concept that our children are gifts. And if you see a child, the potential to make a difference in the world is your responsibility. And so treat them with those executive skills. Never give up. You know, be resilient. Plan what you're doing. Um, Take control and be regulating yourself. Because I find a lot of parents, a few of them got mad at me this week because they, they just baby their children. They covet them. They control them, they plan every part of their life, and we're hurting children. Mm-hmm. We're hurting children by doing that. So give them independence and really know that right now from birth to five is the best time when your child will change your family, will change this community, will change this world if we provide them the thinking skills, the leadership skills with the executive functions, and if you give them core values. Mm-hmm. Those ch- will will have another world, and I would just hope every parent, community, business person begins to look at children as our human potential and does something about mm-hmm. it. Which is give money, become involved, talk about it. Mm-hmm. I did have one more quick question: Is the coursework done in? Well, it's not necessarily coursework, but is it bilingual? Um, oh, do you use English and Spanish, or how is that? Oh, yes, actually. If the child is English speaking, then they receive the instruction in English, mm-hmm. and especially the literacy, um, because that has to be in your home language. So we have that capacity. And if the child is Spanish speaking, they receive their literacy in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then in the classroom, we provide lots of music, 
poetry, dancing, a lot of visuals, a lot of concrete things in both languages. So the children pick up concrete things in a second language. So the, the concrete, physical, singing, poetry, music, dance comes in English sometimes and sometimes in Spanish so that they both get a rich situation, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And so in every classroom, there is a monolingual Spanish teacher and there's a monolingual English teacher so that they hear good language. The monolingual Spanish can't speak English because we, uh, we don't want them to have models that are not appropriate. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing. We have these two little boys who um, are, are Anglo little boys and they were singing in the bathroom in Spanish some of our spiritual hymns. There are three, and I'm going, oh, you know, the capacity to learn language. Yeah. So that's a plus. Thank you for asking that. That mm-hmm. is an amazing plus. Well, and I, I know that's something that, especially that age, that oh. when you can expose them, it's they're more likely to be able to be bilingual, trilingual, Absolutely. or more in the future if they're exposed at that young age. For and sure. we do the, the biliteracy, too, because like we use blue for the Spanish. So anything that's written in the classroom, the kids get a visual. If it's mm. blue, it's Spanish. And the, bl- and the black is English. And so we do a little distinction. So we also do the biliteracy as well as the bilingual. Mm-hmm. In closing, will you just share for listeners the best way to get in contact, whether they would like to enroll a child or maybe make a donation or find a way to help out? What's the best way to get in contact? Oh, super. Again? So you can go on our website. It's, it's at Encia Guadalupana Lab Schools, H-G-L-S dash prek.com and you'll be able to donate there you'll be able to contact us the phone numbers there on the website and you'll be able to see who we are mm-hmm. and also go to Guadalupana uh, Facebook you'll also be able to access us there with the information you need just google our our number is 520 7748 and you'll talk to me personally my phone is available all the time and I can talk to you directly or you can send me a text and I'll get right back to you so if you want to enter our school if you want to donate or even if you want to come visit and just volunteer or just come visit we love to have you and, sh- and just show off this amazing opportunity for young children Dr. Fuentes thank you so much for your time today and sharing all this good information thank you really appreciate it That was Dr. Ernestina Fuentes from the Orencia Guadalupana Lab School. You've been listening to Lifestyle Tucson. I'm Mary, and if you're part of a nonprofit group or organization that would like to be featured in an upcoming episode of the program, you can reach out to me by email, publicaffairs at azlotus.com. That is publicaffairs, all one word, at azlotus.com. For more information or to listen back to something you may have missed, go to the Sunday mornings page at mixfm.com, kfma.com, klpx.com or espntucson.com.